This podcast is brought to you by Barrier Break Solutions Private Limited and Score Foundation. Hi, my name is George Abraham and welcome to Iway Conversations. My guest today is Apoorv Kulkarni, who is a qualified chartered accountant and MBA from the United States and he is the head accessibility and inclusion with Ola Mobility Institute. So Apoorv you were talking to me about a research project that you were on recently and the report has just been published. It has something to do with um, accessible transportation. So tell us a little bit about this report. Um, on November 16th, we released a report titled On the Move, Urban Travel Experiences of Persons with Disabilities and a Path to Build More Inclusive Transport Systems. What this report uh, essentially does is it takes a look at uh, the travel experiences of people, men and women both, who live with a disability, how it uh, affects their journey, what are the nuances and we've done that uh, you know uh, quite comprehensively so we've partnered with eight organizations with a collective experience of over 200 years uh, through them we have uh, conducted semi structured interviews and focus group discussions of men and women living with disability across three groups so locomotor disability uh, visual disability and hearing loss um, and we've done this for three modes of transport which would be Uh, um, urban rail which this include metros and local trains the bus systems and intermediate public transport which would include your taxis and autos uh, both the you know old fashioned ones that you hail uh, on the street and uh, the more you know like contemporary ones which you hail using a mobile phone this report was released by honorable uh, minister ramdas athavle ji uh, who uh, is from the ministry of social justice and empowerment and uh, uh we we kind of you know been really fortunate uh that we could cover these uh these nuanced journeys uh make recommendations to improve accessibility of transport systems and uh, uh we are really happy that it has uh, been received very very open heartedly uh by the government by uh, civil society by likes of world bank and united nation uh and others so uh, so we really hope that um, this report sets the stage to make urban transport systems more accessible for persons with disabilities i'd be interested in knowing uh, uh, as to uh, what were some of the key findings uh, by different disability groups to all these three modes of transport that you talk about we've seen that there is some effort uh, done to improve accessibility of transport systems um, here and there right? so you do have uh, you know some metro stations becoming accessible you do have uh, you know some uh, buses uh, uh, being wheelchair uh, uh, you know friendly and so on but what we what we really found out through our interviews and through our focus group discussions is that uh, these siloed approaches don't uh, you know don't yield a, a full benefit it it doesn't uh, yield the complete return on investment and that's because it's not just important to make one section of a trip accessible you really need to take a holistic approach you need to look at it from end to end from door to door and so when you think about transport accessibility improvements 
you have to think about everything from you know uh, the planning stage the stage wherein you um, you know get to the boarding station you actually board the vehicle uh, the in transit phase the the part where you would want to get off the vehicle safely paying for the trip and um, if a situation so arises the ability to file a complaint and get it redressed satisfactorily so we need to make all of these elements uh, accessible uh, and we need to take a holistic approach when it comes to accessibility within transport systems um, and that's that's you know like that's one of the highlights uh, that, that we have uh, tried to convey while you did speak to people uh, stakeholders who are people with disability did you also speak to stakeholders who are service providers that's one and did you also get a chance to bring service providers and end users together on the same table and interact this is a very um, good next step uh, this report was primarily um, a perception study right we wanted to get the voice of the user in really understand those nuances but we also realized that uh, you know we need to get voices of uh, from the other side also heard we've had uh, peer reviewers um across the board from civil society from uh, funding organizations such as world bank from academia and universities go through our findings and really comment on that help us understand um uh, you know how how the um, the experiences uh, documented are are um, affecting affected by practicalities etc and we try to incorporate all of those findings in the report but as we go ahead i think uh, you know there's no way but to get these stakeholders um on a common platform so that they can exchange their views and uh, ex- uh, and and help uh, each other understand the boundaries within their working with uh, working in uh, the the expectations that are most important for those people the, the needs that are most important and uh, you know that's that's the way to bring about uh, uh, improvements within accessibility and inclusion of mobility systems If you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness please share the iway national toll free helpline number 18005320469 the number is 18005320469 moving away from the report uh, apurv uh, you have been visually impaired for a long time in your life so when did it actually first occur to you or your family that you had an eye problem what exactly is the diagnosis i'm diagnosed with a condition called macular dystrophy uh, what it basically does for me is it, it uh, you know restricts my central vision uh, these symptoms came about when i was roughly 7 years of age um, you know second standard of my schooling for me i think the the uh, loss in um, eyesight was pretty rapid uh, i'd say within a period of 3 to 6 months there was significant uh, vision loss for me uh, to the extent that i i wasn't able to function independently in the classroom in the sense that i wasn't able to read from the uh, the blackboard e- even if i was to sit really close to it and uh, you know uh, so i grew up in a, in a town called nagpur it's in maharashtra we really did not have a lot of understanding within the uh, within the school system uh, within the uh, administration 
to help navigate um, uh, these these life changing moments right so my parents took me to doctors we ran uh, multiple tests um and we we we, uh, we tried multiple avenues everything from allopathy ayurveda homeopathy and what not right to uh, really get a sense of what what's happening and uh, is there a remedy to it uh, eventually we uh, we were told that no this is the condition uh, it's a irreversible condition so i believe uh, apurv uh, there was a point in time that your family decided to shift in uh, shift from nagpur to mumbai uh, was it a strategic decision and uh, how did it happen so this was um, around about i think uh, year 2000 i was um, about to enter ninth standard which is you know one of those critical years um, and we really we moved from nagpur to mumbai because we believe that the infrastructure and support system was more equipped to uh, you know support uh, people like me and my younger brother who also lives with a similar disability um and uh, it it was a strategic decision because uh, for my father who was uh, um you know a scientist working with the national environmental engineering research institute uh, it was quite a, a dramatic moves uh, he he was doing really well for himself uh, himself and was on a path to uh, you know um uh, really really become the head of the institution uh, in some time he he uh, made that strategic sacrifice because he wanted to set us up for success um as as uh, individuals my mother um, you know like uh, fully supported him um and it's 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 somewhat tricky to make the transition from uh a tier 2 city to a metropolis like uh, mumbai right um so he did that and he uh, you know made a complete transition in his career from being a scientist and an engineer to uh, being a lecturer uh, and uh, uh you know uh, but, but that also allowed us to uh, get access to uh, school systems which was uh, more empathetic more uh, mature in terms of uh uh you know developing um a support system around us to support our work with the blind and visually impaired you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org.in please note www.scorefoundation.org dot i n you chose to take up chartered accountancy that's an area which most visually impaired people might want to stay away from so um after my uh, 10th standard examination um, we we were you know like like any other student i was confronted with this question of what stream of education would i want to go in and uh, um i was fascinated by business economics uh, commerce etc so that's that's the route that i uh, went in and uh, you know uh, my advisors my mentors uh, introduced me to chartered accountancy and uh, so that's that's really what uh, we uh, that was a default choice really and uh, um uh, i i probably kind of you know credit this mentality uh to again my parents because um they they really instilled that belief in uh in me <clears throat> to to take on bold um uh, endeavors bold challenges and uh, 
uh, you know, my father uh, says this. I don't know if it's his original line or he has adapted it from somewhere. He basically, uh, you know, said uh, uh, to us, "Not failure, but low aim is crime," and that that really motivated me to take this up. So uh, I have actually met people who have taken several attempts to clear these exams. How many attempts did you take? You're gonna embarrass me, George. I think uh, I managed to clear all my examinations in first attempt, except for uh, the the second level of examination. The three levels. The second level, I think um, I took one more attempt. um but yeah largely was able to was was really fortunate enough to be able to get through them in the first go um and uh, obviously you know uh, was was very very um um uh, supported by friends family um i i really couldn't have done it without them uh, teachers um uh, who guided me um i think the success is um as much theirs if not more as mine so uh, once you cleared your ca uh, did you actually practice as a chartered accountant or work for somebody so i did my articleship with kpmg uh, which is one of the big four firms and managed to land a really coveted spot over there um i worked in their audit practice within the financial services um uh, line of business and uh, once i once i uh, was able to clear my final exam i also I, I continued with them basically, and uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, spent about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, five years over there, roughly, uh, doing audit and uh, consulting and what have you. Uh, really fun times. So, what uh, prompted you to want to do an MBA? And you've done your MBA from Stanford. So, what was that uh, shift like? After after spending a few years in the firm uh, in KPMG. um i was feeling like i wanted to try out something new so i decided to uh, you know uh, take another leap of faith and uh, joined a startup which produced audio books um uh, in india and you know i i had really uh, seen how uh, technology and um, audio was really instrumental in shaping my journey i wanted to uh, be a part of um uh, uh the team that that democratized that experience so uh that's how i joined this company called bookstock and uh, when i was working with them uh we uh, you know we were really trying everything uh trying uh, you know all sorts of tactics techniques to uh produce audio books to uh, to uh, sell them to get them in the hands of user get feedback from them uh, from the users learn iterate uh, and so on and uh, that's that's the time that uh, you know i i realized i think that hey there is there is um uh, a lot about business that i i don't think i know very well um and you know you would you could imagine how that would be for a young uh, person who has uh, you know managed to scale some heights and um uh, has has been a consultant and uh, you know has uh, has has really had his confidence built up and uh, again you know walking up uh, walking around with a with a chip on his shoulder uh, that i i i really know a lot of things and uh, that was really a humbling experience so that that's what prompted me to uh, really take a hard look and say hey listen if you don't know um, as much about business as you would like and you would want to um, you know understand how various facets of business work together 
would you would you think it would be worthwhile to you know uh, go and do an MBA? Um, and um, you know, as as that that thought occurred to me, I consulted my mentors, I consulted my uh, parents back home, and uh, you know, it, it sounded like a uh, like a, a good approach. So applied to a bunch of schools and was fortunate enough to be accepted um, at Stanford, uh, which was really my choice school. And uh, learned a ton about um, everything, like you know, all the uh, all the complexities of the business, how the system works together, um, everything from uh, production to sales to uh, customer ma- relationship management, uh, design, um, uh, you know, a, a bunch of stuff. So, so that I think uh, really enriched uh, my perspective uh, as a result of that experience. You know, most uh, visually impaired or blind uh, students that I know who have gone to the U.S. to study further tend to stay on. Uh, what prompted you to come back to India? That's, that's a good question, uh, George. Going abroad and studying was was something that I had never imagined growing up. You know, I mean, forget forget going abroad and studying. Going abroad was a concept that you know, I had never imagined. The, the family and the, and the people that we grew up with, we, we did not have many examples or role models for ourselves. So this was really a reach goal for us. And for a variety of reasons, right? I mean, the, the goal is pretty audacious. Uh, it involves a lot of, uh, you know, financial commitment. It, it requires you to suspend your career, which means you are uh, you know, suspending your source of income for a while. These, these were similar uh, challenges that I was presented with. Um, I think what made all the difference for me uh, is I, I managed to secure a fellowship from uh, Reliance Industries. It's called Reliance Stanford Dhirubhai Ambani Fellowship. And uh, under this fellowship, there's a competitive process. Uh, they they choose up to uh, five people to sponsor every year uh, to go and uh, do an MBA um, at Stanford. And I was, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be one of the beneficiaries. Uh, the the only uh, you know requirement of that fellowship is that you come back and work in India, and uh, so that's that's one of the reasons that uh, uh, you know I came back. But there's there's also another reason, which is I I have always uh, been thankful for the for the resources that the country has uh, you know um, has uh, bestowed on me. And I had, um, I, I was very clear that, uh, you know, we need to, we, we need to come back and uh, make the changes that we wish for ourselves. Uh, so, uh, so for example, when I, when I went to the US and I uh, saw how transport systems were far more robust, as you put it, um, I, I was completely blown away by how that, uh, you know, really opened up my uh, life, what what opportunities it it kind of you know made available to me, and I was very keen that those uh, similar interventions uh, be brought about here in India. Uh, so that's that's one of the reasons that uh, I I came back. So it's it's, it's really you know one of those uh, you know, belief systems that uh, guides you, and um, as as they say, uh, it's really um, incumbent on the best of us to serve the rest of us. Um, and that's, that's, um, also a reason why I came back and, um, I'm happy that I came back and I, I get an opportunity to build systems and infrastructure over here in India, 
uh, which would uh, set up many others for success and to you know so greater heights on the one hand the fellowship uh, required you to come and on the other hand you actually wanted to plow uh, uh, back what you learned and what you were exposed to in the us to better systems in india not only for people with disability but even for uh, the general uh, population uh, so uh, wonderful speaking with you apurv uh, thank you so much for giving me the time thank you thank you george this podcast was brought to you by barrier break solutions private limited and score foundation ye roshni 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 ka ka ka